Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode 79, entitled Keep Educating Yourself About WordPress, JavaScript, Gutenberg, with Zach Gordon. It was published on the 7th of June, 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England, and I'll be joined very soon by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. What we do with this podcast is before the guest and after the guest, David Wormsley and I talk about WordPress issues, web development, web design issues, that kind of thing. And at the beginning this time, we're going to be talking about red flag warnings for web designers. That's going to be in a few moments time. And then at the end, a very short little ending fact. And this week's ending fact is called what version of WordPress are people using, which comes as a bit of a surprise, it turns out. Please, if you've enjoyed this podcast, go over to wpbuilds.com. If you listen to the episodes there, you can click on all of the buttons underneath the podcast player. I'd really like that very much indeed. Um, And also, if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, you can find a whole bunch of links to things like our YouTube channel, how to subscribe to us on Messenger, uh, how to join the Slack group, um, and so on and so forth. I'm finding it really useful at the moment to to direct people to wpbills.com forward slash messenger because most people seem to have Facebook and Messenger installed in some way and this allows me to just simply send you notifications through Messenger and people seem to quite like it. So there you go. Um, Also, another thing I would kindly ask is if anybody knows of any advertisers who might be interested, perhaps they're plug-in developers or a hosting company, perhaps you work for one of those organisations and you'd like to sponsor the podcast, I'm sort of actively thinking about doing this now um, and that would be... Um, probably an email to me. Uh, you can find a contact form on the website and we could enter a negotiation. You never know. Let's see what happens. We don't have any competitions at the moment or anything like that, but what we do have is a couple of deals. If you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash deals, you can get to uh, two deals at the moment. Um, the guys over at Toolset, which is a plugin allowing you to create custom post types and views and layouts and all of that kind of stuff. You can get 20% off both of their licenses. You have to click on the links on that page because there isn't a coupon code system that they have. So you have to be uh, from that page clicking those buttons specifically. The other option, if you want to control a bunch of WordPress websites all from one location, a good bet, a self-hosted bet is Main WP, and they have 25% off. Um, again, you can find it on that page, but if you just use the coupon code WPBUILDS, all capitals, no spaces, then you can get yourself uh, 25% off that plugin. Thanks very much to those two plugins for offering those for, for just for our audience. That's really generous of you. Thank you. Okay, this week I'm going to be talking in a moment to David Wormsley, but before we get into that, let me tell you about Zach Gordon. Now, Zach Gordon I met at WordCamp in London this year, 2018, and he was a very inspirational speaker. He's very knowledgeable. He's got a very, very long history in um, doing technical things with WordPress, but I suppose what he's most famous for is his contribution to the education of WordPress. So he's been a part of the Treehouse team, and he's got a whole host of courses, um, and you can find the links to those courses in the show notes. For example, he teaches a Gutenberg's block course, 
Blocks course. He teaches uh, about JavaScript and WordPress development in general. Really fabulous speaker he was. He was very erudite, very, uh, very powerful speaker. I don't really know how to sum it up. I was just very engaged by him. And hopefully you'll find him uh, engaging too, speaking about WordPress, JavaScript and Gutenberg. We'll get to that in a moment. But right now I'm going to hand you over to David so that we can have our discussion. Thanks for listening for yet another week. This discussion we're calling Red Flag Warnings for Web Designers. We've talked before about clients from hell in an earlier episode, but in this one we're looking more at the warning signs before work has begun. So we're looking at what clients say to us and what we might want to watch out for. So we're going to try and pair this up and turn the tables on the next one, the next discussion we'll do, we'll be looking at ourselves from a client perspective. But here, we're just going to look. Now, Nathan, there's loads of stuff written on this, so there's no shortage. But there is one article that I saw by Creative Boom, which is 10 red flags to watch out for when meeting potential clients. So Nathan, this is your area really, because you actually do more of the client facing stuff than me. Yeah, it's a, it's actually a really good article. I have, I've only caught sight of it uh, earlier today when David put me, put me in front of it, but it's really good. And it offers, I think it's exactly 10 points about things yeah. to watch out for. And they all absolutely at some point strike me as true. Um, so should we just go through them one at a time and yeah. discuss them? So we should first of all give props to Katie Cowan, uh, mm-hmm. who wrote this. Um, and I'll put in the show notes the URL so you can find the original article so that you don't think that we've invented all of this ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I think she's the person behind Creative Boom. Perfect, so. perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the first one is, number one is, they don't offer you... A refreshment. That's an interesting one. Have yeah. you had that? Well, you know what? It's an interesting one, isn't it? And obviously, if this has happened to you loads of times and you build up a, a sort of repertoire of things to watch out for, and this is one of those things, yeah, fair enough. But no, I've always been offered a refreshment. But I, I get it. You know, maybe there's something about the psychology of somebody who doesn't offer you a slight olive branch when you arrive. Uh, yes. Yeah, I can see it. You know, if you're the kind of person that's completely self-obsessed and you don't even think to say, look, you've made an effort to come to my office or what have you. Would you like to have a drink? Then maybe yes. that's, you know, could be an innocent mistake, but it maybe just gives them gives a little maybe it's a bit of a red flag about whether they respect you or the time that you've, you're providing for them. Yeah, I think so. Do you know, I, I know I've worked for a large organization before and we would be used to having people come in for meetings. So it would be just one of the first things you would do. It would Mm. be part of what you did in a meeting. So Mm. I guess it's maybe a a bit of a hint that they're not used to having people call on them. Yeah, I'll watch out for that because I – to be honest with you, I'm not the kind of person that would possibly even notice, you know, I would come out of that meeting and probably, because I would take a bottle of water in the car or something. Yeah. So your, I wouldn't come out. Think, yeah, ex- yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, small gin before I go in. Um, the uh, So it's not something I would necessarily notice. I wouldn't come out feeling, oh, I'm famished or I'm really thirsty. But it's it's just fascinating. I just think it's a really quirky little point to start off with. They don't offer you a refreshment. So yeah, that's a, an interesting one. Number two is they badmouth their former supplier. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, this 
This is quite common. I get this quite a lot. Um, I suppose the level of intensity is indicative of how they're going to treat you down the road. You know, if they sort of very straightforward and honest and say, look, it didn't work out or we fell out or they just went missing. But it's when they start to, you know, slag them off, I suppose, and are a bit personal. I, yeah. I would entirely agree, you know, that that would set a tenor for how they're probably going to be with you down the line. You know, if they're willing yeah. to be personal and and slag people off and be rude about them, that's probably the position you're going to be in six months down the line. Again, I can't honestly think of the of a situation where this has happened, where I've literally heard a tirade of abuse. But I've definitely heard, uh, you know, the the horror stories of how how it went with the last person. And I wonder if, in a way, there there's a sort of subtle psychology there where they're just trying to get the upper hand. You know, we're employing mm. you. We sacked the last one because he wasn't any good. Watch out. That's what's going to happen to you if you're no good. Kind of thing. Yeah, they're getting a bit alpha. Do you think with that? <laughs> well, possibly. I mean, I I, I do recall um, recently somebody having a similar conversation, but they were actually quite polite about them. You know, they didn't they didn't slag them off. They just sort of said it hadn't worked out and it wasn't it wasn't meeting the expectations. And in fairness, it was a little bit old as well. But you know, they hadn't gone back to them because of um, obviously some some misgivings about the the way it had gone over the over the following years. But yeah, I think you're right. A little bit of alpha alpha display going on, you know, putting you mm. in your place. It's a bit like when you um, you feed your dog, you just sort of give them the crumbs off the table. Here you go. We'll uh, mm. we'll 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 see how this works out. But obviously, <laughs> in a six months time, we're going to be slagging you off. <laughs> yeah, I, I've just lost the the first potential client if you, the work that started we've refunded them on it and they they didn't bad mouth their former supplier but they've moved their supplier quite mm. a lot of times mm. so i didn't know about this because it's done through my colleague so that one and perhaps if if i'd have known that i would I, I already had a slight hint that things were wrong because they the decisions they made before and they were looking to the next person all the time yeah so yeah do, do, do you know when i've been in meetings um you know right at the outset of a project i've never I've never actually thought to take this as a marker. It's mm. never occurred to me that, you know, to, to take note of how they're describing how it worked in the past. But as of this article and this podcast today, I will. Um, mm. And I will I'll take it much more seriously and come out and think about this one in particular, because obviously you're going to be that person um, if, mm. the, if they're prepared to. I mean, maybe something did go horrifically wrong with the previous supplier. Perhaps that's true. But also, it's. I would imagine it's equally true that um, you know yeah. uh, that it didn't work out because of because of the way they they behave. Quite quite be quite interesting to go through something like the Wayback Machine as well and see how many sites they've had over how many years. Oh yeah, you know, and if they go through every two years, they go through a complete redesign, and you know they they've been quite happy to slag them off to you. Maybe this is just their process. You know, I don't know. Oh. Well, the way. Oh well, you're lucky. You can get it. You see, they blocked that in India. What? I'm not allowed to go. Yeah, yeah. Why? I don't know. What? <laughs> There's some article. I never got to the reason behind it, but they have blocked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there's something dodgy on a government website that they don't want anybody to see. I, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. They want to change stuff on the fly and yeah. not anyone to look back on stuff. Yeah. Don't worry uh, about that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, God, actually, that's a topic in itself because it's interesting. Um, the, we lost our job, but the thing that I suppose I, I, my gut would have told me it's not going to work out maybe because 
I felt that they were not getting a good deal from their former supplier, and that's right. why they were coming to us. Right. Uh, but I think it was about their nature of that person, and they'd done that a few times. They were they were prone, I think, to getting a little bit ripped off. So mm. I, th- I just felt that they weren't my type of people anyways. Anyway. Oh, you, you like somebody that, that likes to be ripped off. For you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I prefer, you know, more sort of it. <laughs> yeah, that's just my people. No, I, I, I prefer to have a proper adult conversation where I yeah. think they wanted just somebody to take care of everything for them. Yep, and that's yep, yep. how they got ripped off. And of course, yeah, we'll do that for you. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, number three, uh, they assume everything is super easy. Well, I mean, this is, this is, I'm sure this is quite common. This one happens to me quite a lot. Actually, I get the flip side as well. I get people who are very self-deprecating and they, you know, explain, oh, I'm so non-technical. I don't understand any of this stuff. I just want you to do it all. So I get both sides, but, but I have had the, oh, well, I mean, surely this is going to be a piece of cake. You know, it's the, it's the 500 pound, six million page website that we need and it'll be a piece of cake for you won't it because this is what you do yeah i've had this a load of times um and i guess this is a a matter of you know if the conversation does develop and you are able to explain how things work um on a not too technical level um you can educate them out of this position because if it was so easy why would they be getting you to do it in the first place but i've definitely had this um but I do think there's an education thing going on here. You just need to explain the detail of what's going on and how things are, how, how the project will go and what's involved and why it's good value for money and so on and so forth. So, yeah. What about you? Had this one? Yeah, sort of, I think. But it's only something that comes in as a, an email. They, if you like, I feel it's like they're setting their own price. So. Mm. Maybe they're concerned about how much they'll be charged for a job, so they sort of preemptive strike on it and yep. say, you know, this will be a quick job for you, that kind of thing. Yes. So I, yes. I don't think it's a meeting thing. I can't. I, I you see. I don't. It's very rare that I'd have a meeting with someone, mm. so I don't get that so much. But uh, I'm surprised that we're coming to a meeting at that point. Yeah, I've definitely had it where they've, you know, they've mm. clearly got some level of technical understanding. I mean, you you know what it's like. People have an iPhone and an iPad, and they're able to do the settings on those things and they've got a fairly good understanding of how their windows computer works and they mend the printer and they're the people who are the technical person in their company so they they kind of have an impression that they understand how the internet works and so on and so forth maybe they've dabbled a little bit in html at one point when they were four that kind of thing and and i think that's perfectly normal and and also i think it's quite natural because it's a good it's a good position for them to take if they're trying to bargain on the, you know, haggle on the price. Well, this is an easy one, isn't it? It's an easy win for them to try. Uh, mm. This will be straightforward for you, won't it? And of course, <laughs> it's a clever question in a way because it, because if you say no, oh no, this is going to be difficult, then you're obviously implying that you don't know what you're on about. But if you say, yeah, it'll be really easy, then you've sort of set yourself on the back foot because now you've you've downgraded the quality of what you're offering and the, the uniqueness yeah. of your service. So it's a... It's quite an intelligent question for them to ask, in a way. Yeah, and another alpha one, I think, as yes. well. Yes, yeah, definitely. Mm. Okay. Mm. Number four, they've no idea what they want. They've no strategy, clue, or budget. Yeah, I I generally preempt this one before I go and see them and ask about the budget. Sometimes that works really badly in that, you know, that shuts the conversation down in a way mm. that I've probably should have been more clever about because there probably was a project in there and just by asking that question I've kind of annoyed them Uh, but Mm. I think I think that's a good question to ask right at the beginning do you 
what I tend to say more now is, do you have a budget allocated for this project? And I don't necessarily mm-hmm. request the specific amount. Um, but yeah, this has happened so many times. No idea. They just want a website. They want they want a website and they want a contact form and they want uh, they want it to be colourful and they want it to tell them tell everybody about their business. But they've no idea what they want to do. And I know a lot of people. I don't do this, but a lot of people offer these sort of discovery sessions, don't they, for a fee mm. where you go mm-hmm. and you, you talk about that. And I think that's probably the best way around it if they really don't know what they want. Probably a good idea if you are, uh, maybe you're on the phone or in a meeting, would be to, to call a halt to what's going on at that moment and say, look, let's mm. reconvene in a couple of weeks' time when you've had a moment to think and I'll come in and do do a half day where we just chat and we write down all of our thoughts and what it is that you actually need. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like the perfect solution. I've added that as a product to the discovery period, a very mm. low price product for those people who don't know. So just move them straight to that. Yeah. So what? How do you handle that? Do you because you're uh, elsewhere, and I know you've got a lot of clients in in the UK. Do you do you do that as a Skype thing, or is it just an email exchange? Or yeah, well, it's still, it's still to be done. In some ways, I've done it. So I would get them because they're going to have a website. So mm. I'd put them on the um, <clears throat> excuse me, project management system anyway. So we can start to break down some things with some emails and then I'll get on a Skype chat and we'll just work out, just get the start. So I'll be asking them the questions that they would need to be answering for themselves oh, first okay. and see, yeah. see how they go and then get on the chat. So, you know, I've only really turned this into a product recently as a set time that they can buy. And I'm going to try and keep the agenda loose on it because mm. people are going to be different. But the idea is there. That's how I'd, if somebody has no idea, that's what I'd move them to next. So at least they're paying me while yeah. we work this out. I tend to include it as um, just part of the kickoff of the project. You know, I, I explain yeah. that here's the price and what have you. Um, and if you, if you agree to this, let's pay a deposit of such and such. Um, and then the first thing that we'll do is discovery after the fact. So I'm more into getting the discovery done after the, de- the deposit's been paid, but I know that quite a lot of people have got the approach, just like you, of doing the discovery as, as a preamble to the project. Well, it's horses for yeah. courses, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Number five is their expectations are way too high. No, I, I'm not really familiar with this one particularly i have i have the opposite i have it goes back to number four about people um you know not really knowing what they want um i, I it's it's more that i i've, I've yet to really re- actually casting my mind back a long time ago i did have one client who just wanted the earth um mm. but it didn't really take me a great deal of time to talk them down again um, so mm. this is not something I've I've been accustomed to, and I'm I'm quite good at uh, getting on the phone and just well you can't that's what what how are you how are we going to do that uh, you know those kind of discussions this isn't in the price and the proposal hopefully spells out in fairly great detail what's going on um, mm. and I guess you know at some point they're going to arrive at this expectation themselves you know if they keep going to be having said that I lost a client a little while ago. Um, to another local company who who built them a website for a fraction of what I could do, and then I looked at the end result and I thought, well, that's that's nowhere near what I would have done anyway. So okay, fair enough. Their expectations were were lower than my price was going to allow. So mm, okay, fair enough. Yeah, 
it's getting tricky now because we we've got so many off the shelf solutions so you know somebody was a number of years back saying they wanted an e-commerce store for a thousand pounds we would have laughed you know <laughs> but you know we've got woocommerce now we can install that quickly if their needs are very simple mm. it's it's possible you know um and it depends how much design they need on that so it's i find that one a tricky one but i've not had it i must I, say i guess the expectations could come in all sorts of ways though couldn't they you know it could be expectations about uh, financing how much how much they're going to get for their money it could be time you know can you do this in a fortnight uh, it could be all sorts of things um uh, and i guess it's just about staying ahead and trying not to let them impose their will. That can be so hard, though. If you, especially if you, like you talked about an alpha earlier. If you've got an alpha, that can be a really tricky conversation to have, can't it? And and mm. a little bit unpleasant sometimes, I think. Mm. Uh, six is there's no agenda. Mm. <laughs> have you done that? Um, <laughs> been there, sat there. Uh, do you know what that that one? I I probably have because I I always set the agenda for the meetings. Um, and that is one of the first things that I say uh, when I sit down. I, you know, a little bit of small talk is quite normal, isn't it? How are you doing? How's business? And so on. And then I'm straight in with right. I've got a, I've got a suggested agenda of what what we should talk about. And then I hand out the agenda. I make several copies of the exact same thing. And I, I've yet to have somebody say to me, "No, we're not doing that agenda." So, so there. Uh, usually they're quite happy to adopt that because they haven't had the time to do it themselves. Yeah. Well, that sounds perfect. Actually, that surprises me that's in there, no agenda, because I guess it depends who you're going to see, really, at the end of the day. You would expect to come in as an agency, perhaps, to a larger company and mm. that they you know they're going to set out what it is that they need from you in that meeting but i would i think i would be inclined to be doing it the other way where i'm explaining what i can offer right and it would yeah i mean the thing about the agenda is it usually doesn't change very much you know um it's it's a standard format i might I, you know you'd go through it the day before and tweak it a bit so that it's representative and it's perhaps it's got their name on it and specific questions about what they've inquired about but going ill prepared like that just seems like you're planning to fail a bit, really. Uh, so no, that's not one that I'm particularly guilty of. And in the in this day and age, I think most most people have access to a phone or a um, you know or a laptop or a iPad or mm. something in those meetings, and it would be it'd be really easy to throw that agenda on your website and just you know make a short link and um, and give it to them even if you didn't want to make the paper copies because you could change that right up to the five minutes before the meeting if you felt that something was going to be different. Yeah. So this one really depends on whose meeting it is, really, yes. I guess. And honestly, I think if you're going into a big business with lots of, with lots of uh, you know, there's lots of people and staff and they're, they're not, they're, they're hiring you because you can do it. They don't want to create an agenda for this. This is mm. your job. And, I think that sets the right tone at the beginning. If you go in and say, right, what shall we talk about? Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's not going to go down very well. Because you can bet that 10 minutes after you, they've got somebody else in to do the same exact thing. And they'll probably have the agenda written on glossy paper. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, number seven is someone doesn't want you to be there. Oh, what do you think that you means? Can... Well, they say you're getting bad vibes from someone there. So I think they're talking about the situations where 
I've seen it on other posts about the fact that there might be somebody else who's already very much involved in their web design. They're doing it, so they don't want you there as an outsider coming in. Oh, I see. So, yeah, so maybe. somebody in-house is doing it, and you're going to put somebody's nose out of joint. Mm, or somebody just feels they can do it themselves. Oh, you know. let me think. Have I? No, I don't remember that one. I mean, I've taken over websites lots of times from people whose uncle's aunt's mouse was going to make the website, and it didn't turn out how they expected um, mm. but I've not, yeah, I, to, not to my knowledge. I've, I've never yet sat down and got a real bad vibe off somebody who's, you know, poking a voodoo doll that looks a bit like me in the meeting, <laughs> um, because I'm clearly standing on their toes. No, not yet. I don't want that to no. happen to me either. <laughs> it doesn't have, it's not really relevant to kind of the budgets that I deal with. The first yeah. job I did, though, was a larger global company, and mm-hmm. I did feel that their appointed person who had learned quite a lot on WordPress would rather I wasn't doing so much. They'd rather be doing it themselves. But that kind of developed over the time. Yes. You know, I oh, I suppose in a set, what I have had is I've had little sort of fairly sniping comments about, you know, somebody's clearly got a little bit of an understanding of WordPress and they've dropped in things like, oh, would that just be a plug-in then? Or or whatever. Is that, you know, is that a post or a page? Or, you know, there's an indication that we, I know what I'm on about, but it's not, I don't, I think that's more of the alpha, alpha thing coming out. They're just trying to assert that they know what they're on about. So they're not a pushover mm-hmm. and, and not, not really, you know, I, I can do this. If it wasn't for the fact I'm busy, I would do this myself. No, <laughs> not had that one. <laughs> I think I might be that person, you know, if, if someone came into, <laughs> into our old organization, large, you know, government uh, body, um, because I know, you know, a bit about the web and I can do some stuff because we, we did, you know, we developed a project that I started in the first place and then they got their team to come in. Now that was internal, but I did feel like I was the person who was going, no, you can kind of stay out of this. Ah, you so are an awful could, person. <laughs> I could be that person in a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, number eight is they keep inviting you back to meetings without any progress. No, never had that. Um, I'm the I've had the opposite so many times. I just I can't get them to book in meetings, and they're too busy. You know, they're busy concentrating on their business. I've never been asked back to a meeting which I found to be utterly pointless. No, I've had plenty of phone calls. Which at the end of them, I thought that wasn't worth doing. Or Skype calls, or you know, like a screen sharing type thing. Had plenty of those. Some of them stretching on for what would be the length of a meeting. But I've never been actually called into a meeting, uh, you know, face to face or anything. And I think when you're on the phone, it's quite easy to to cut it short anyway because you can't be um, you can't be seen. So something can crop up quickly, can't it, in the background that you need to go and take care of. Troy Dean in his WP Elevation course had a had a really nice idea, and that is to always start the meeting off um, with an indication of how much time you've got available to, to, for this meeting. Yes, um, and say something along the lines of, "Okay, I've got forty five minutes uh, in which we can really get into this. So, should we get started?" And nobody's gonna say no. You need to be here for four hours. Yes. Well, I was a big fan of that, setting meetings at odd times as well. Mm. So people would concentrate on this. If you said an hour, people just thought that's a sort of vague notion. We turn up and we chat as long mm. as we, we want. If I said 40 minutes, it's more specific or 50 okay. minutes. Yeah, yeah so it used to be a, a tactic I used to do when I had a team. Yeah. Mm. So, <laughs> 
But um, yeah, I think this one, I can relate to this, but not in terms of meetings because I, I don't charge the sort of money that would get me to move to them and see them. Mm. So it happens with emails. I've had backwards and forwards emails with people on projects that have just gone nowhere. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Email's a nightmare, isn't it? Email is so such a horrible way of organizing this stuff. I quickly get it out of email and get get them into some system or other, whatever the system that I'm currently using is, because I just can't bear trying to find something on an email. Then it's trying to get them to stick to the system that you've got <laughs> and not use email. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, number nine, mm. they want to argue on price. There's not a lot to say here. I've Everybody yeah. wants to argue on price, don't they? Everybody wants it cheaper than you've offered it, and they're always wanting to argue and haggle. But once the once the contract's been signed, that's it. That's there's no more haggling. But there's plenty of haggling before the contract is signed. I I I can't think of a time when somebody just sort of said, "Yes, that's fine. Let's do that ah. right away." I think I live in a different world, really. See, I don't mm. usually get involved in that, but I've never had that and for me you see i would interpret that as oh you so you want me to work less well on it <laughs> yeah I, I just see it as mostly that that's their role is to get it you know that they're just you usually it's some marketing person or it's somebody who's got this and the, they've got the accountant accounting department breathing down their neck and you know yeah. been, they've been told you've got to get this for whatever the budget is a thousand pounds less than that and you know Usually there's a few phone calls that take place and it ends up being somewhere somewhere that I'm happy with. So it's not, not really a big deal because it it just won't start unless unless you get the right amount. But yeah, it's it is what it is. Mm. It's normal, I think, in this industry. Yeah. Uh it's interesting. You know, big <clears throat> working for a big organization, there's always a procurement a system there yep. so there's not kind of arguments through that you know yep. they have to sort of okay the price and with my smaller budget clients that we have they don't tend to argue maybe that's a sign that i'm undercharging but uh yeah but, oh, we have lost some people so you know they either take it or leave it on yeah. the whole well it's it's mm. never for i've never fallen out with anybody but usually at the point of the contract i'll get something which just says are, are you able to do, you know could we get 100 quid off or something <laughs> yeah. well, shave it's, a bit it's, off it's yeah. so yeah it's just not a problem it's it's easy to to combat this or or not yeah yeah and number 10 is they have too many politics at play so. mm. again i'm not really familiar with this one this might be something yeah. that you and your corporate life were were aware of, but I, I think I'm fairly immune to that stuff anyway. If there's sometimes there's clearly arguments going on in the room, and I I just clam up and go silent and let the arguments between whoever is across the table finish. Um, I was in a meeting not very long ago where clearly this man and this woman. There was some history of something going on there um, about the roles that they played and they were having a bit of a snipe at each other and it, it in no way affected me. Um, I just yeah. let them finish and when they'd finished, I just carried on. You have the same solution as I have though. You only deal with one person. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, in the Once the contract has been signed... I ask, uh, because obviously you can't force anybody to do any of that before a contract has been signed. But in the contract, I do say that there'll be one person that I'm going to deal with. So from that point, the, the meeting I was describing just then was a like a like almost like a discovery type thing where we were just thrashing ideas around. Um, and um, yeah, once, once mm. it's all go, I just deal with one person. That can prove to be difficult as well, because 
clearly that one person has to then deal with a bunch of people on her back, but mm. that's not my fault. I said her then because I'm dealing with a her at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the way it goes. Yeah, that seems the easiest way to get out of that. Yeah. Um, that's done that article. There were a few. I looked at some other articles out there, and there were a few extra things that were thrown in by other people, but largely it's the same stuff. So mm. should I just chuck those in as well? Yeah, why not? Which were um, so we've already covered uh, unrealistic deadlines. I don't think that was covered in there. So that's another warning. You know, we yeah. needed a, a job done quickly. Well, we did have that. Uh, that was sort of part of the super easy bit wasn't it in a way number three mm. uh you know it's oh this will be easy it'll only take you a week yeah i i in the proposal just set out how long i think it's going to take and usually add a little bit of time on just to give you a bit of comfort yeah in another article there was somebody who said they um a red flag to them was they want an ongoing relationship and i thought well that's that sounds ideal to me mm. but i think that they were worried about how insistent some clients were at the very beginning about that long-term relationship you're going to have with them. And that was a red flag to them. Yeah, it wouldn't really be a red flag to me. I've just never really found it to be important um, at this point. I'm thinking about all of this as if it's the beginning of the project. Um, mm. I haven't really made... We were talking before this call began about whether mm. this should be become a, an interesting part of our proposing proposals, sorry. Um, mm. because obviously that's that could be crucial. You know, I'd like this to be a, an ongoing relationship. I don't really dwell on that too much, but I think I should a bit more. Yeah, I think when we move on to looking at ourselves, that'll be interesting to talk about that as well when we turn the tables yeah. for the next discussion. Yeah, well, maybe that's where we should knock this one on the head um, and then, you know, get to today's interview and then carry on with the flip side next week. What do you think? I think that sounds perfect. Brilliant. Okie doke. Right, we'll get on with the interview in that case. Hello and welcome to the interview bit of the podcast. Today we have all the way from near Washington, D.C. I don't know exactly where, where we are, but we're near Washington, D.C. We have Zach Gordon. Hello. Hiya. How's it going? Yeah, really good, really good. It's um, For me, it's about 7.30 in the evening, something along those lines. What, what are we What are we talking for you? Is it in the middle of a working day? We are 2.30 in the afternoon, but oh. I pulled an all-nighter last night, so oh. it's slightly that disoriented time where oh. it's sunny, but you're a little delirious. Well, luckily, I am <laughs> not clever enough to ask intelligent questions, so you'll be fine with me. <laughs> Nothing's going to tax your brains too much. Um, Zach, as you may know, is... Well, actually, Zach's kind of everywhere because he's, he's a whole... Well, he's like a whole universe of stuff going on all at the same time i uh, i bumped into zach very briefly c courtesy of um robbie from beaver builder because zach was giving a presentation at WordCamp in london well what are we like f a few weeks ago let's say um and you you aced it you were really really impressive i thought oh thank you man very kind you uh yeah i mean it would be easy for me to say that wouldn't it but i i think i i think i <laughs> mentioned it to you at the time but i was really really impressed with your how to describe it your ability to keep talking and change things on the fly uh you, you gave a talk about gutenberg and it was quite quite interesting you know when things didn't work as you expected you just quickly flicked to flick from one screen to another edited amended and then just got right back to it and it was brilliant i was really impressed you must have a very very fast working mind 
With that in mind, what's your what's your sort of background? Were you like a maths whiz at school? Did you like nerd out on computers or when you were a kid? Were you what what what's what's in Zach's past? Oh, uh, well, that is an open-ended question. I think <laughs> that I have always had a nerdy mind in the sense of processing a lot quickly yeah. and uh, in overflow. Yeah, yeah. Two extremes. <laughs> Did you, um, did you, when you were a kid, were you sort of drawn to computers like I was? Did you lock yourself away and play on games? You know, it's funny. I remember being fascinated when the internet came out, and mm. I do not know how much money I cost my parents downloading uh, sheet music for tabs for playing oh, yeah. songs on the guitar that yeah. I liked. <laughs> I had no idea it was charging by the minute. <laughs> And so I wasn't super into it. It was actually a little bit later. Um, and I got, I realized that the Apple computer I just got had GarageBand, this Ooh. thing that I could record music on. Yeah. And so I think you, you have a little bit of a musical background. So I think that's what really kind of pulled me in. And then I later learned web design, uh, but not so much as a child. Well, when I was a child, I'm clearly considerably older than you are because when I was a child, there was Apple didn't really exist. Um, yeah, I think it probably did in some form or other, but nobody had one. Um, and when we wanted to record music, we had to get the old-fashioned rectangular cassette, and we inserted it into this thing called a Tascam multi-tracker, and you could record one track at a time, up to four tracks you could record, and it was. <laughs> It's a, it's a bit old school. I think kids these days don't know how lucky they've got it. You know, the, the, there's always a computer lying around or an iPad or something, and they can record this stuff with the greatest of ease. And I often quite envious of my children's ability to do this sort of stuff. And I wonder, I wonder if I would have become a, a musician had I had those chances. But anyway, moving on. Um, when you sort of grew up, grew up a bit, got a bit older, left the house and all of that sort of stuff, how did you how did you find your way into WordPress? Why WordPress? Of all the things you could have done, how how come WordPress? Yeah, so when I started off teaching, teaching has always kind of been my career is more into history mm -hmm. was my focus. And I figured I should learn this thing called the Internet or yep. whatever it is. Yep. <laughs> and I uh, yep. got really, really into it combine this artistic and uh you know coding sense together um wordpress just sort of happened because i was already building sites for people on the side and i found out that there was this thing that would let you publish blog posts and edit them and i really did not even have a firm enough grasp to understand like what a database was or what a cms meant but i knew that it meant this blog for somebody whose mm. website said all been HTML and CSS. Yep. So pick that up and that was sort of the, the deep dive into it. And I had used it on and off. I used a lot of different CMSs. And then when I went to go teach at Treehouse, I kind of became fairly siloed in just the WordPress world. Um, although I think I had been using it as a primary CMS for, for a couple of years before that. You um you you say that with such aplomb. When I went to work at Treehouse, how, how did that? Uh, how like, that's that's quite a big thing. Um, how how did you go from like fiddling with CMSs and what have you to like a paid up, paid up member of the WordPress community making their living out of well WordPress courses? 
Yeah, it was totally one of those things where you put a lot of time into volunteer projects and then somehow serendipitously in the future, they present you new opportunities. So Mm. when I did kind of shift out of history and humanities into teaching programming and technology and web design, uh, there was this was during the web standards movement, the Uh Jeffrey Zeldman days, Eric Meyer, and there was a project. Uh, called Interact to create a free four-year open source curriculum for universities to teach like the web across a huge variety of what that meant. And so I got involved with that and working with different people and getting to know them. And one of the leads on that, um, Aaron Walter, who I believe is still design lead at MailChimp, wow. uh, was the one who referred me. I guess they had asked him to teach and uh, he sent him my name and uh, the rest is kind of history. I didn't know they were reaching out at first. I thought it was just a generic email and I didn't respond at first, but uh, I'm sure (laughs) glad that I did because that was one of the coolest jobs I have ever had. Were you looking to to get out of, well, I'd say state education. I don't know if you were teaching in the state, but in out of history and into technology, were you sensing that a move would be beneficial to you at that time? Well, by that point, I had been teaching just web design and programming for probably about five years oh, or okay. so. Right. Um, yeah, it started off with a one semester web design class and then built up to that plus college plus code camps. And so I had done a lot. And actually where I was professionally was I wanted to go back and get a PhD so I could run a like full year or f- full four year university web program. Right. And those jobs just are really hard to get without PhDs in that academic world. And I became kind of frustrated with high school history because in the United States, there was a lot of lobbying from engineering groups. And it basically was beginning to affect what counted as technology credit. And if there weren't like engineering components, uh, then web design wasn't necessarily counted and other programming wasn't. So uh, I felt I either needed to get involved with the politics of it and try to shift it and, and make a difference there, or I could just go teach online and yeah. bypass that entire system <laughs> and reach tens of thousands of people without any institution. So that was kind of the shift I made. And I decided, okay, I'm not going to go forward with the PhD and university approach. I'll try the treehouse online. And um, I don't regret the move. Although I wonder someday if I'll go back uh, to really? more formal that's, institutions. Yeah, that's interesting. The When you sort of made this leap and Treehouse, which we should say is a, you know, they, they teach courses on all sorts of web technologies, don't they? Not just, um, well, everything, basically. Was it, oh, yeah, is it yeah, Ryan the, Carson? Right. Was he the guy behind that? That's the guy, Ryan yeah. Carson. I remember uh, Carsonified in the UK in Bath. They were like the, they had this conference called the 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 something of web apps uh, which i follow the future of web the apps future the future of, of web, web design That's they were it. the coolest sites man i was a huge fan yeah from, elliot, from elliot j stocks i think he was the designer behind them anyway we, we digress whoa you're taking me back to the days <laughs> oh yeah man <laughs> bit of history <laughs> um when you when you sort of embarked upon Treehouse, was was courses on the internet was that was that even a thing? Was it a, an emergent thing? Were you gambling a lot? Were you throwing you know a lot up in the air and see how it landed? Was that a risk? Um, no, no, it okay. wasn't that long ago. Um, I mean, always when you shift gears, like I was very involved with the curriculum process and projects at whatever type of institution I was teaching, whether it was like higher, lower education. Um, and so 
that was probably the hardest thing, the bond with that, the identity mm. with being a teacher and feeling I was doing good work and that kind of shifting into what may be seen as more commercial or, you know, less interaction, uh, maybe subpar. But I don't know. I think it's all been really cool. It's been an interesting process. Yeah, it kind of feels to me like it's so accessible to set up your own course nowadays, almost ridiculously easy. Whereas going back to that time when maybe five or six years ago, it felt like there were only people who really meant it, who really had skin in the game who were putting out courses because there were so many more barriers. And now you've got all these platforms like Teachable and all these learning management systems that, that WordPress has attached to it. That just it, it feels a bit more like go back five, six, seven or eight years, sticking yourself out there and doing all that sort of stuff was probably a little bit more difficult and a bit fraught with a bit more fraught with 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 suffering along the way should we say um oh but, yeah yeah well so tree, treehouse is that is that still my understanding is that treehouse has sort of mothballed their wordpress stuff is that is that the case well you know funny note i was checking that out and they did release a uh local development course on wordpress fairly recently their mm. php teacher so I don't want to start any rumors, but maybe they'll come. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, they had a really good library. They wanted to go after other things. Additionally, um, yeah, you can only do so much when you have to teach the entire internet yeah. and, you know, go after yeah. where jobs are. Yep. And, like, I don't know the, the full decision, but, you know, mm. uh, that's... That, it's kind of my understanding. So a time came though where Treehouse was 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 no longer doing WordPress, and so it, I don't know if this is true, but I've I've actually been sneakily following you for quite some time. Oh dear. Uh, yeah. No, but it's all good. <laughs> and it kind of <laughs> I could be completely wrong uh, about this, but it felt to me like that was a, a moment in time where you needed to um, sort of diversify and get 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 something else going on, and and then. Um, Matt Mullenweg stood up and uh, uttered the words deeply, um, and that kind of it felt to me as if that was your your moment, your flag in the sand thing. Um, and then ever since then, I've I've been following your stuff all based around JavaScript. Um, now, the majority of our listeners, I would imagine, don't really, and this would include me. Um, we don't really know what this learn JavaScript deeply means. You know, as far as we're concerned, JavaScript kind of alters stuff on the page, makes things move around. It might, you know, enable us to do f flashy things and so on. And WordPress is PHP, but that is about to change potentially. And I'm wondering if somebody who's obviously invested a heap of time getting knowledgeable on JavaScript and teaching a dedicated JavaScript for WordPress course, if you could give us like the 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 reason why JavaScript's so important, what's going on on a deep level that the in the future of WordPress that means that we really, really, really should spend time learning something which is pretty gnarly and hard. Whew. Well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, you really kind of nailed the point of it, which is that JavaScript is really the only language we have for writing interactions on the screen. And as you folks have probably heard, you know, Matt Mullenweg talk about if we're going to have WordPress still be an option for the next 10 years, we need a better user or interface for designing, editing, customizing um, our stuff. So 
if that's going to happen on the page, then it's going to happen in JavaScript. And the WordPress community lives in this little bubble, which is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you probably experience that in ways too. Um, and it's a great community personal wise, but it's also a great community development wise because it's kind of a very easy barrier to entry. And, you know, I have been digging deep with this JavaScript and I'm glad I have. I understand the language way more now than I did before and I wasn't new to it. Um, but I'm kind of been surprised lately and begun to feel like really all the stuff that I've seen with React and stuff like that, if you're a really hardcore developer and you're building custom plugins and integrations, like, yeah, you, you've always needed to learn something deeply and JavaScript will be part of that. And most of those people, honestly, are probably already, have already started mm. uh, that path like a lot of folks have. Um, but if you haven't, I kind of feel it, you're going to pick up a deeper level of JavaScript just from tinkering around with how to build a block and you don't need to know 90% of it, which is kind of funny and like in some ways good, in some ways bad. It always helps to have the background. But, you know, I didn't have formal programming background when I got into playing with WordPress and a lot of folks didn't. So I think that we may find folks picking up React and I've already seen it a couple hundred people through my course that never mm-hmm. took React before. And after the end of that, they're like, hey, this makes sense. I could do this. Like I might go learn some more, but I just picked up a lot, which is I wasn't expecting that, to be honest. Mm. Um, here I was preparing all this JavaScript deeply content. Turns out, never mind, just, you know, uh, take a simple. <laughs> <laughs> now, that said, as it evolves, it gets more complex. The more you know, the more helpful that is. But I think that um, it all depends on what you're trying to do. And a lot of stuff with PHP that's been possible, most developers, quote unquote, WordPress developers, Steam developers, people building sites haven't needed to know and they might not need to know with JavaScript, but uh, we'll see. I might be completely wrong, but I've, I've kind of chilled in my concern for the people around this. Do you think that if, let's say we fast forward a couple of years from now, um, he said shuffling in his noisy chair. Um, do you in think a time we, machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if, if we, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Um, if we fast forward a couple of years from, from now, would we be downloading roughly the same WordPress, you know, the same core bunch of PHP files? Or is there more afoot, you know, because it feels to me like I wonder if a lot of the the stuff that's going on in WordPress, shall we say, the the core functions and the core files that we'll be downloading, will a lot of that be moved over to JavaScript ways of doing things rather than PHP ways of doing things? Um, I'm, I'm just, just interested to know because you're, you're so into this. Hmm. Well, my official guess. Um, I th- I wouldn't be surprised if more and more of the admin becomes JavaScript. Yep. Once they have the edit page built out, it wouldn't be hard if you think about what all the other pages are. They're mostly simple settings pages. Yep. They are post listing pages and there's already work to you know make post listings and api driven in javascript you have the customizer that's already javascript driven you probably are still going to have a number of core php files and things that need to be done on server side i do not see a switching to like a node (laughs) server stack 
So you're still going to have that, but I'd say a lot more places where you'd go to edit something or in, integrate something, plugin development, is going to be much more JavaScript. But I don't think it'll be much harder than it was with PHP because they're going to have a hook system and like you don't write a ton of complex PHP most of the time. You're mostly just hooking in and doing yeah. something and going from there. And then on the theme side, we may begin to see less PHP because mm. people are designing more and more of their interfaces, right? If they could design their content, we have less content templates maybe to worry about. Um, if it gets into the customizer and they could really, you know, customize sidebars and headers and all these other things are PHP templates that we have known in the hierarchy. Um, just great because I don't think I could do another course teaching the entire template hierarchy. It's just <laughs> it's enough now. Um, so we may see that diminish and more be able to be controlled by a JavaScript and less JavaScript and more just people dragging and dropping and kind of building, you know, yep. through that new editor. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Even the word folks on the core design team talk about moving more towards. Uh, style guides and just style sheet driven themes and necessarily all the heavy PHP that's been in there and all the number of files. It's exciting times. It's really kind of turning things upside down. And that's, well, we, we should probably mention amongst other things, you, you do have um, a course. I'm guessing it's still open for um, for people who want to jump on board, JavaScript for WordPress. What uh, Again, very briefly, what what is it that you take on what are the the sort of the, the 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 five or six main points that you try to get across in that course? Yeah, it's really focusing on all of the JavaScript that you might not have learned if you just went and picked up a quick Code Academy tutorial or you know figured out a little jQuery. So I start at the very beginning. So in some ways, it kind of seems like a beginner one, but the level of depth of explaining things that really don't always make sense or need to make sense till you're learning JavaScript for the third time through. Like, mm. I think it's a really good resource. I've been really happy to find that hardcore devs who I don't feel I'm on par with have learned stuff and felt it was a good reminder. And then folks who there are people taking it that have never even done PHP, right? So they're like, oh, I have to learn JavaScript for WordPress. I'm like, well, that's not completely true either. But <laughs> um, my thought is that if I could teach this deep enough, and I, th I think it did a pretty good job. Like after teaching this course mm -hmm. and preparing everything for it, I don't have too many questions that are still in my mind about how JavaScript works, which no. like blows my mind to say that. And I better yeah. be very cautious, right? Because there's probably <laughs> a ton I don't know, but it, it's really low level stuff at this point. So I think that uh, hopefully the course will be good and stay valid even as JavaScript changes. A lot of the stuff in there isn't going to or won't be too substantial. So uh, it, it really is just trying to teach JavaScript deeply. Um, yeah. At least from that very beginner to intermediate, intermediate slash, I could go get a job and pass an interview type yep. thing. You know, when you when you put this course together, I mean, presumably it takes a ton of work. You know, hours and hours of sitting, sweating, writing, thinking about what you're going to do, videoing it, re-editing it. You know, blah blah blah. Just endless amounts of stuff. Do you? Do, when you when you set out on this journey, do you do you map it all out very carefully? Are you methodical? Think very carefully about how many hours you're going to spend on it a day and all that, or do you just sort of get on with it and make it up as you go along? Oh dear. Well, I mean, I like to think of myself as a master <laughs> curriculum planner, so I do 
I do a lot of high level planning and outlining and knowing what's going to be where and how a project would hopefully fit into something else. Um, but this has been <laughs> a life changing experience in terms of learning what I could take on in a day because it's very easy for me to say, yeah, we're going to teach all of this and do all these things. But Dude, to keep pace, this is probably one of the hardest things I've done in my life. Oh, um, really? Okay. And I don't know I would have done it the same, to be honest. <laughs> what was the, what was, like, mention a, maybe one thing that you, you underestimated, because that's interesting. Um, I don't know if I underestimated how much there really is to learn about JavaScript <laughs> or if I underestimated um, how much I could humanly get done and keep the yeah. grind on the same thing. Because yeah. like my coursework before that at Treehouse was very much like, okay, this month I'm going to do these two courses. Next month I'm going to do this course. And they were all different. They always yeah. changed and I was always pretty engaged but this one was like no i'm going to start here and i'm going to explain it all deeply so i can't even get to that and i can't even get to that so it was just a huge undertaking and the master course was the original format and uh now i'm following more the west boss strategy who does like you know individual well-executed courses yeah. um yeah. so it's, you know we live and we learn yeah i mean also it, it's just an amazing thing to take on you know because i guess at treehouse you were um you're sort of on the payroll, if you like, whereas I'm guessing, again, that when you did this, this is all your own stuff. So the amount of time you put into it and the detail that you need to do, is it's all on you. Um, and if you overdo it, it's all on you. And if you underdo it, it's all on you. Um, yeah, fascinating. Really, really interesting. I must say, you know, whenever I've done video, it's just killed me. Just the, 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 the screw ups and the trying to get everything perfect it's so much time so i'm i'm, I'm always impressed with somebody who can <laughs> churn something out and then of course time moves on um a, a year or so later we we hear about gutenberg and and that's that's mm. your latest endeavor i guess is probably the best way of saying it um you've got a course um well i think there's two courses but your your part of it is gutenberg development now again the same thing if you don't mind it's more or less an identical question in that a lot of people have heard of Gutenberg. I've heard of it. I've looked at it. I've watched people talk about it, but I haven't really got my head around it. So you've got this course. So similar question. You've got a deep understanding of it. Why is it even a thing? Why does it exist? What's the premise behind it? Why are we throwing the baby out with the bathwater, if you like. And, and I have to preface that with, I'm actually really excited about everything that's coming down the track. <laughs> um, but, you know, for those of us who haven't really played with it and experimented, why is this, why was it important for us to do this in WordPress? Uh, I like the throwing the baby out with the bathwater analogy, because it's more like you think <laughs> you're throwing a baby out, but you're really holding a... 13 year old child still dressed in baby clothes <laughs> that actually just wants to stand up and stretch and change. And that's, that's more of what's going on. Yeah. And that's uncomfortable. You know, you got to put your baby down. But at the same time, it's like, dude, your child looks ridiculous. Like, really? Do you have to ask why your editing experience needs to be updated? Have you ever used Squarespace? I mean, <laughs> that's beautiful. I like that. I'm going to use that a lot. <laughs> So back um, to the back to the question: Why, 
you know, for somebody who's just watched it and looked at it from afar and seen people playing with it on videos and things, what what where is it taking us? What's the what's the groovy thing that we're all going to be using in in a year's time? You know, it's funny, like, I think less about us and more about content creators who are starting over the next five years. Good point. And yeah. what they will experience is probably just something that's more intuitive yeah. and easier yeah. for them without help to get something closer to what they figured that they could do by, you know, how they ended up here, right? Like, oh, I'll just make a website. So there might still be people kerfluffling and who knows whating and preferring to build websites certain ways with WordPress versus others. And like, that's cool. That's already existed now. But I think most will be a subtle but profound um, difference in just people being able to do a lot more and it look a lot better. Yep. I think it'll be easier to sell to people, honestly. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's a good point. You know, the, the target audience is not us commodgens who've been using it for ages and who nope. are sort of wedded to it it is you're right it's the it's the next generation it's the kids of who are 15 at the minute who are going to be embarking on it in three years time and and the ease of use for them and i'm really excited about all the fun things that are coming along you know this week all these woocommerce fun things that have happened and yeah i just see loads of interesting stuff where you know all of a sudden oh woocommerce is going to be really really fun to interact with for the first time ever um <laughs> you know these kind of things and i i wonder what massive ecosystem is going to come about and so it was a bit of a spurious question sorry i sort of laid that one at you a, a little bit but um your what, what do you cover in your gutenberg development course what's the again the sort of two or three bullet points if you like yeah, the course started, I remember having such a hard time learning all this. So the first goal was to just like explain everything so that somebody could go through it and understand how this thing was built, why this works this way, what's going on here, what do you mean, what am I looking at, like, where do I find this, how does that work? So like, just piecing it together, I think is one of the biggest values of the course i won't try to plug it too hard but no, i think um, no i'd rather you did actually because i'm, I'm i think it's, you should <laughs> jesus i would have paid somebody hundreds of dollars to give me this course so that i could create the course i can't imagine if i was trying to like build some block because i'm just trying to explain it right like not even build anything too advanced so that's really the goal of it from there it shows how React works under the hood and how you use it in WordPress in the editor. Yep. And then I think the other big valuable thing is just giving a bunch of examples of how you could kind of pull together what are called components. And it's really cool because if you want an image uploader, you just put in the image uploader component. If you want a paragraph text, if you want an editable block of code, if you want like, you know, it you don't have to create as much from scratch. So mm. it's kind of fun and cool and, and understanding that. And then one of the trickier aspects is this thing called attributes. And it's the way that React slash WordPress keeps track of data that changes. And I remember that being a really tough thing at first to wrap my head around. So hopefully that this kind of covers that. I'm marketing it as a block development. So learn how to build blocks because once I finish the theming course, I'm in the middle of now, I'll do an advanced Gutenberg development, which yeah, would be nice. more for 
how do you take over the full screen? How do you interact with like the Redux stuff that you wouldn't need for most blocks? And there's a whole nother level of development that, you know, my course might only be helpful to a small portion of the WordPress community because not everybody needs to build a block. And then there's a subset of that um, that the development can ha happen with. But hopefully my goal is just that this just takes away weeks or weekends away from other people's time so yeah, they yeah. can do cooler <laughs> stuff. And yeah. I've already started to see, it's so cool, the people that have like taken my course um, and then gone out and done something amazing. And I can't take too much credit. It's more that just like that course played a step in like cutting down the time it took for them to do what they were going to do anyways, hopefully. Yeah. So when yeah. you, with this particular course, I mean, the JavaScript course, presumably not, not a great deal about JavaScript is, is changing too much, but the Gutenberg, it seems to be changing at a real clip. Um, do you have to keep modifying your videos for this course but when, when they, when they, you know, fiddle with things or is it, is the stuff that you're dealing with kind of set in stone already? Dude, I have had to change a <laughs> lot less than if I had been building a drag and drop, uh, customizable, you know, WYSIWYG yep. from yeah. scratch with JavaScript. <laughs> that thing would have been broken and changing every other week. I would have re-architected it. So I started on this at WordCamp US like two days or that, that day or a day later. And it has not changed considerably. Like they've moved some files. They've changed some file names. They've overall improved things so that it takes less code to write um, to do the same stuff now. But that's it. I'm really, I was really impressed even when I started on this back in December that it was pretty stable. And I saw some major things like, you know, columns come out, which is still yep. experimental and yep. the UI is going to keep getting better. But um, no, I haven't had to change that much. That said, like it was almost broken the day I released the first version. And then it was definitely, <laughs> I remember I hadn't even like shipped the course live, but I was uploading it all. It was going to go up in a couple hours and I get a ping from one of the core developers who's like, hey, just to let you know, we completely changed this feature now. So like make sure to update all your code examples and every single one is affected. So I'm going to do a third version when it comes out into core, but I'm really going to try to not redo it. Although um, like they just restructured a lot of it. So yeah, it's... <laughs> it's changing from a perspective of if you watch the video, it might seem different, but the core lesson stuff is not. So I think at least in terms of folks that are waiting to get involved, like yep. I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, it's it's fairly stable in yeah. that regard. It has been for a little bit. I have a few friends who make courses, um, some of them for a living and some of them just, you know, as a, as, a, as an aside. And that, that seems to be the, the, the single killer is when you get that email that this feature has just been removed or the UI is completely changed. Sorry, your videos are no longer any use. Uh, yeah, you can imagine the sinking feeling when you get that email. <laughs> you know, going way back in time, I wonder if I should have done a subscription model too, but uh, uh, it's too late for that now. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. So um, the JavaScript for WordPress is over at javascript4wp.com, no spaces. Uh, etc right. and the gutenberg course is over at gutenberg.courses forward slash development for your particular course you're, you're all over the place though aren't you you're doing a whole bunch of stuff you know if you go to zachgordon.com you'll see he's he's got it's amazing he's got a, a company <laughs> called hosting for students which i didn't know about um where they host for 25 dollars a year i guess is the starting tier um websites for students 
There's a whole bunch of stuff on Udemy. You've got your JavaScript for WordPress. You've got your Gutenberg course. You've got WordPress education um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Man, do you ever sleep? I do, but not always daily. <laughs> like you said, you pulled an all-nighter. <laughs> Here's a few nice little things that you should hear. Um, a couple of people, I ask in, we've got a little Facebook group, and I ask people to uh, to give me some questions. Um, and I won't name names, but you'll, you'll like these. Um, Zach Gordon, <laughs> in air quotes, he is the guru, the best trainer ever. That's really nice. Um, and another one, this is from somebody who, who you know, I'll tell you afterwards who it is, but right now I won't. Um, Zach is is really polished online personality. I think it's something he works really hard on. He puts out very cool and hip, but also professional and smart. What are his thoughts? What are his thought processes on how he presents himself and his personal brand? So there's my next question for you. Do you, do you contrive to be as good as you are do you work hard on it or do you, is this just are you just naturally as good as you are jeez no this has been a lot of work and polish <laughs> and naturally i'm somebody who you probably ask somebody who knows me would say i'm pretty hard on myself type uh, person okay um so that probably carries i it i did start thinking in the last year or so about like uh having a personal brand because is it javascript for wordpress is it me as an educator and mm. as a joke i was traveling to a ton of camps and i made stickers with my face on them and it was <laughs> totally just a troll at first but then i began to realize like oh no this actually makes sense like the brand should be the face i should be the person and yeah. you know we chatted off air like uh, if you go to my personal site you'll see some things that are not your normal WordPress development. Um, it gets pretty far out there from Jesus and Course and Miracles to free energy and government conspiracies, you know, and uh, I love those healthy bits. gambit in between. And so I, I don't know, I made a decision in the last year or so that I would stop trying to make too big a divide. So yeah. just be presented as this, you know, polished educator person and try to be a little bit more authentic just because like I can't take too much more division in my life. So <laughs> that's the thing that I love about the WordPress community is like folks like you that I put that up and they're like, no, no, that I find that quite interesting. Yeah, I'm like, it's really not interesting. what I expected. This is, yeah. this is great. Okay. I'm going to keep being me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's it. wonderful. I mean, when I, when I watched you at WordCamp, it was, you, you were like singularly good at, delivering it was just it was erudite it was thoughtful i mean it felt like you'd planned it to like really well but it was also just really human um and it just came across as if you were just talking to each person rather than some sort of diatribe you know how impressive you can be it just felt like you were doing it i don't know like a conversation and i i think i think it was remarkable you're you're an amazing person zach gordon and, Shucks, um, man! Thank you. Just come <laughs> on your show for the compliment hour. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We'll, I remember we'll settle up that. Later. <laughs> I have checks in the mail. Uh, this is actually a, a marketing ad for myself. Um, I remember that word camp London because I couldn't find my glasses and oh, the, no. I couldn't see anybody's face. So oh, it's right. kind you of a weird you. experience to just be. Well, I hope they're liking it. I'm going to pretend like they're smiling back. <laughs> they were. We were. We were loving it. <laughs> 
Oh, regrettably, oh, time, time and tide and all that. We've kind of run out of our ordinary amount of time. Um, there's a whole load. I've got loads of questions written down here, but I feel that maybe, maybe for another, maybe for another episode on another day. But thank you for joining us. Um, you've got this free minute or two minutes or whatever you want to take. If you want to plug anything, um, like your Twitter handle or your website or any of that stuff, uh, go for it now. Well, first of all, let me plug you, my friend. Thank you so much. It was so cool to meet in person. Felt very uh, like kicked off in a good regard, a good connection. So chatting here has been fun. I hope we get to do it again. Yeah. Uh, recorded and unrecorded, important. Um, the stuff I do, uh, the, mostly on Twitter for social media, at Z Gordon, and would love if you could follow me there. I think a pretty good resource for anything we've been talking about today. I try to keep that pretty professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and javascriptforwp.com is my main site. I actually just relaunched a new theme there, so it should be a little bit cleaner. And I launched a free JavaScript basics course. So I've wanted to have enough content that I could start doing some more free stuff for a while. And so if you wanted to get a taste for kind of my approach of just the core, most basic, basic things about JavaScript, but at a pretty deep level, uh, I would love if you go check that out and let me know what you think. Like I said, it's free and you can find that at JavaScriptforWP.com. That's great. Thank you so much for coming on. Like I say, at some point in the future, I'd like to do this all again, but it's been an absolute pleasure. Take care. Heck yeah. Thank you, my friend. And for today's ending pack, we've been looking at the WordPress.org site at forward slash about forward slash stats. And there's some fantastic pie charts here, which gives us some information. Now, the background is I was looking at some uh, facts that were saying that most people weren't on the up-to-date WordPress install. But if we look at that now, it's interesting, isn't it, Nathan? 55.5% are on the latest version. 4.9, and then it doesn't go beyond that, does it? It just tells us that they're on yeah. 4.9 point something. And presumably, if they've made it as far as 4.9, they're going to be automatically updated to the 4.9.1, 4.9.2, because all of that happens without you. Well, it should do without you having to do anything. Obviously, that was stalled recently when something went wrong, but we're back. We're back and up and running. Mm. But 55%, so the majority of people are on 4.9, and then it slowly tails away. Actually, it tails away quite quickly, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, Do you want to read out the stats thereafter? Yeah, well, there's 4.8, and that's got 12%, and then I think the next one, yes, 4.7 is 10%. And we keep going down, they get smaller and smaller, but there's very few people that are on sort of version three. I mean, they literally not even full percentages. So mm. the majority of people at least are in four point something yep. with most of them being in the last two, which is completely the opposite to what we've heard. And if you read most of the articles, they're now out of date because they are generally saying that most people are out of date. So I don't know what happened in WordPress. Yeah, yep. it'd be interesting though, because of the nature of WordPress automatic updates and the fact that anything on 4.8 or below will not automatically roll over um, and you've got to go in and click the button. Uh, in WordPress admin. I wonder how these stats play out over time because I've never seen these before, you know. So the 4.8 version is at 12%. 
I wonder mm. how many of those sites are just sitting there and they're a brochure site that will never get used. Uh, you know, the the admin area will never get used. So will that percentage increase over time or will it decrease? But it's a really pleasing graph. Fifty, Nearly 55 and, yeah, 55.5% of people on the latest. Yeah. It's very encouraging. I wonder what that 55.5% actually translates to in numbers of installs. Oh wow, lots millions <laughs> and millions yeah. and millions. Yeah, that's got to be. Um, that's got to represent. Uh, I would imagine against other CMSs, that percentage is fairly good. I would have thought. Yeah, and also in those other ones, so for the four point eights and four point sevens. I think it goes back for three full versions. They still get security updates yes. on those, don't they? Yes. So, yeah, that's my understanding too. Mm, yeah. Anyway, it's good news. I thought. Yeah. And what else is, there's a pie chart just below it. Ah, are we going to talk about that or should we save it for next time? Uh, let's save it for next time. There's yeah. a teaser. There's a teaser. <laughs> there's a pie chart below it, which we're saving for next time. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right. In which case we will, um, we will knock this on the head, this episode of the WP Builds podcast. Thank you for listening. By now, you're probably bored of me saying this, but I'm going to say things like go over to the you know the podcast player and click on the share buttons. Go to the deals page at wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. You can join us on Messenger forward slash Messenger, Facebook forward slash Facebook, and so on and so forth. But we'll fade in the cheesy music and I will say goodbye from me, Nathan Wrigley. And it's goodbye from me, David Wormsey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.